Today we begin our season of Lent on Sundays with a sermon series focused on spiritual growth. Each week we're going to look at a different faith practice and look for opportunities for us to grow in that aspect. So we begin really with the cornerstone, which is faith. How can we grow in our faith? So we hear two stories. You got actually two gospel texts this morning, one from Matthew and one from Mark, that both point toward spiritual growth in their own way. The first features Jesus with the disciples in the boat, and a great windstorm comes to them, and they're terrified. Lord, save us, because Jesus is not terrified. He's asleep. Sleep in the boat. They say, Lord, save us, and Jesus says, you of little faith. Why did you fear? The second episode features one of these demon stories that we've had a few recently of how Jesus can heal people from these demon possessions, but he comes sort of late, and the disciples had met this father and his son who's struggling in this way with a spirit that is trying to destroy him, and you can imagine that this father has gone to many other healers and doctors. Nothing has worked, and so the disciples are trying to follow the example of Jesus and the healing ministry that he participated in, and it doesn't work. And so the Father says to Jesus, have pity on us. Do what you can. To which Jesus says, if you believe, you can be healed, more or less. And so the Father says, I believe. Help my unbelief. I find that such a striking statement. I believe, help my unbelief. In some part of my brain, that doesn't make any sense at all. If you say you believe, then how can you have unbelief? And in many ways, the way we think about faith is that either you have it or you don't, like a binary. I'm a person of faith or I don't believe in anything. And in many ways, that oversimplifies things. Most of us may have faith in our hearts, but we still have questions, we still have doubts, that when a moment comes to us that overwhelms us, we may not have the right scriptural or biblical answer, right? We get overwhelmed. Or if I were to quiz each of you today on your theological understandings of who God is and the nature of the Trinity, how many of you think you would do great? So sometimes we think of faith as beliefs about God, having the creedal statements memorized and understood and being doctrinally sound. I'd like to suggest, and I think these texts point us towards something that's a little bit different, that it's not about having beliefs about God or what we believe, it's about who. Who do we believe? And the right answer is Jesus. We believe in Jesus. Not a, I mean, you can believe stuff about Jesus, and that's great. But do you believe in Jesus? And I think that's the fundamental question in both of these stories. The disciples are overwhelmed with fear 
as they're in the boat and it's, the storm is raging. But they have Jesus with them. Jesus isn't afraid. He's sleeping. The disciples, as they're meeting this, this boy possessed with an unclean spirit that's literally trying to destroy him, have seen Jesus in the past do miraculous things. And yet they're frustrated. And they're starting to lose faith. So one of the things about this in the stories, particularly in the Gospel of Mark, there is a thing about healing. And it's not just that Jesus is miraculous and can do awesome things. It depends on who is receiving the healing. So there are many, many cases where Jesus meets someone and they, they need healing, but they believe that Jesus can heal them, and he says, your faith has made you well. Your belief that I could do it was part of the process that allowed you to be healed. Put another way, faith means praying, but letting God determine the outcome. Sometimes in our prayer life, we ask something so specific, but we don't make room for God to answer the prayer the way God wants to answer it. So that's number one. There's a connection between our faith, our trust, and our healing. The second thing that we see in the Gospels is that Jesus can't heal anyone in his hometown. That that's a real struggle for him. Not in this particular text, but in other texts. Jesus can't perform healings in Nazareth. And you wonder, well, why is that? Because when the people of Nazareth, where Jesus grew up, they look at him, they don't see the Messiah, certainly. They don't see a faith healer or a teacher or a prophet. They see Mary and Joseph's son, a little pipsqueak who now thinks he's something. They don't believe he can do anything, and so he doesn't. And so there's this sense not only for the individual to believe that all things with God are possible, but also that what do we share as a group? Do we have shared belief? So I have to, we had the Super Bowl, right? And I know you're all heartbroken. But I was thinking about, like, a football team, right? In order for those 11 people to all accomplish their goal, they not only have to be good, and I think the 49ers exemplify this, okay, just because they lost the game in overtime. I mean, what, you can't really blame anybody, right? Right? <laughs> you guys are okay. We don't have to have a wellness check, do we? It's just a game. But I'm thinking about the football. It's not enough to just have 11 skilled individuals on the team. You have to work together, and you have to trust each other. And I remember, I have a very uh, short football career, but I was a junior in high school on the football team, and we had an undefeated season. And I, I didn't play much for the first part of the year, and then there was an injury at my position. So I was substituted in the game on defense. And the senior captain of the defense you know, you could think about, well, what, what inspirational speech did he give you? Well, I have to say it, I have to edit what he said to me. <laughs> he basically looked me in the eye and said, don't screw it up. <laughs> Not, hey, this is the play and we know what we're doing and I trust you. It was, don't screw it up. 
which instills a kind of uh, not faith in myself, and certainly uh, proved to me that he didn't trust me to do what I was supposed to do. He was like, basically, we lost a good player, now you're here. So that's another aspect of faith. So we can think about beliefs about God, we can think about believing in Jesus, but I think it's also about trust. Where do we place our trust? Faith in God is really about trust that in God all things are possible. In God, no matter how my life seems crazy and out of control, God has got my back. But I really believe, and I'd say this first for myself, but I think it's true for a lot of us, many of us struggle with trusting God and trusting other people. We have trust issues. The spiritual opposite of trust is a desire to be in control. Many of us would rather be in control and live sort of a narrow kind of life than trust something bigger than ourselves. And just think about our own relationships. If you've ever been betrayed, if you've ever had your trust broken, if you've ever had someone that you opened your heart to and then they crushed you, that's a horrible experience. And sometimes what we do, whether we are cognizant of this or not, is we then put up barriers to other people and say, no one is ever going to hurt me again in that way. So I'm never going to let anyone in. So we build a wall. We build a barrier. And yes, you can protect yourself in that way. And many people do. Or, but there's a cost to that. Let's, let's just say that. There's a cost to not trusting people. If you never trust another person with your most, your most vulnerable self, you will never have love and intimacy. You will never have relationships that are truly meaningful, that are a blessing of mutuality to you. Whether that's your spouse or your friends or people here at church. If you never let anyone in. And if you do let them in, they might hurt you. So, I mean, the, the risk is someone might hurt you again. But the risk of not letting anyone in ever is a life that's disheveled emotionally and spiritually. It's the same in our spiritual life. Do we trust God? Do we trust God enough to try something new, to take a risk, to believe and trust that no matter what happens, even if I'm wrong, it's worth the risk because the blessings can be so abundant and so beautiful. So in the story of the boat, it's instructive to see that the disciples weren't just thrown in this boat to like get ravaged by the sea as some kind of test. They were going to the other side. Jesus was, was taking them on an adventure. And if they trusted that Jesus would make sure nothing bad happened to them and that this was for their own good, they would get to the other side and discover it. They were on the Sea of Galilee. This storm comes up. Jesus is asleep. 
They're going to the other side, and when they go to the other side in this particular story, they're going there to meet a man, again, who is filled with demons. You can read about this in Mark 8 or, Mark, or Matthew 8 or Mark 5. A man who is so ravaged, so in need of healing, that it was worth the trip, worth the adventure, worth trusting God to get there. Because when we trust God in our journey of faith, we become a more expansive version of ourselves. We become more and more the person we are created to be. But will we relinquish our desire to control, to be in charge, to be the one who sets the boundaries? Because really what we do when we do that is we put a box around what God can do in our life. So the challenge for this season of Lent in terms of growing our faith, for me is to let people in, to become more vulnerable. Yes, in your faith life with God, whether that's in prayer or scripture, to open yourself up to some new insights about who you are and where God is calling you to go, but even just interpersonally. So I'm sure you saw, she's not here, but I'm going to talk about her anyway. We saw the pictures of Diane Stoffer going to Mount Kilimanjaro. What an awesome example of being an adventurous person. Do you know how much faith you build when you put yourself in those kind of positions? Any time of life. There's a, a, a phrase I heard a long time ago that I really love. If you're not close to the edge, you're taking up too much space. This idea is if we're just staying in our safe comfy comfort zone we're never going to grow maybe you're completely satisfied with who you are in life that you are completely confident that you've got yourself and your faith mastered god bless you if you're like me and you feel like god's not done with me then maybe it's time to say yes to something new a new adventure a new ministry, new relationships, friendships, and other things, and to let people in and to, yes, take some chances, and to see how you might grow in that process spiritually. Interpersonally, yes, but spiritually. Because when we consistently step out in faith and trust, despite not being in control, when we trust that somehow God is working in me and through this, amazing things we could never even ponder can happen. This child whose father brings him says, I believe, help my unbelief. We don't know how long he's been coming to people who he hopes can heal, but we can surmise that time and time again he's been disappointed. And he could have given up. He could have just said, it's never going to happen. I can't help my child. But persistently, he comes, and when he hears about Jesus and sees Jesus, first meets the disciples and hopes, well, maybe some of his healing rebs off on them, and they can do it. It doesn't happen. But he says, I believe. I've still got some hope. I still believe something's possible. Help the part of me that struggles with it. Help me overcome that. Help me grow. And so Jesus heals this child, 
and it's violent, it's chaotic, but it works. And we can only imagine that this father's faith, his trust, his belief in Jesus grows exponentially. Imagine the stories he'll be able to tell because he believed and trusted that his child should not be destined to live this kind of life, that something more was possible. He didn't know how it could be possible, but he believed it. Such it is with us. Let us believe and trust first in Jesus that all things are possible, but also that God is not done with you. You have much to offer. So let us step out in faith. So there's this phrase that you've heard, someone takes a leap of faith. And I think it's a beautiful idea to take that leap, to take that adventure. But I'd also like to suggest that sometimes we leap to faith. Sometimes even without the faith, just take the leap, and the faith will happen in the process. You'll be formed and shaped in a way that God would have you. So may we have that faith to leap, and may we be shaped by the Spirit along the way. Amen.